Welcome to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cops, a leadership podcast brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. Welcome to another episode of Church Unfiltered. We, of course, are powered by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting, and our goal is to help pastors, church leaders accomplish that which God has given to them. I am excited again to have a guest on that has is no stranger to Church Unfiltered. She was actually on our 11th episode, episode 11. She is a friend, a friend to the ministry. She is a dynamic woman of God. She is a licensed mental health therapist, and she is here to help us out once again. She was on way back in episode 11, which aired June 1st. And here we are at the time of this recording, the time of this recording, we are in November, about to go into December, and we are still facing the pandemic. We are still facing a number of issues that are impacting people, including our listeners. And so I am glad to have with us my friend, Miss Sharita Childress. She is here to help us to answer some questions, here to help me and in turn help you, the listeners, as we again try to seek how do we make sure we take care of our mental health, of our of ourselves, even during a crisis time such as this pandemic. Sharita, welcome back to Church Unfiltered. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invitation. Well, we are so grateful to have you. And I, I was sharing, uh, as I just shared, you were here way back in episode 11. That means the Church Unfiltered is, is almost all grown up. <laughs> we are yes. on the 33rd episode and here we are. And, um, and of course, part of the reason it was birth, that Church Unfiltered was birth, is because I had time. I had time. I was at home uh, because of the pandemic, quarantined, and was able to slow down my schedule and be able to work on content that would be relevant to pastors and to church leaders. But as we discussed in episode 11, the pandemic has had such an impact upon church leaders, individuals in general but specifically mm-hmm. church leaders as we are trying to navigate the, this storm called COVID. And here we are in November. And Sharita, this is, it doesn't seem like it's letting up. In fact, it seems like it's worse than it was even in May. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted us to talk about um, how, how to navigate through this over time, it seems. <laughs> see this prolonged, uh, time of trial and struggle. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to ask you how you're doing. How are you doing since May and June? How are you doing? <laughs> wow. Um, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode that COVID has introduced a new set of challenges that we couldn't have ever been prepared for. Um, I mean, the enormity of, you know, just some of the implications and, and things that have been happening globally is just massive and and we're taking it one day at a time um honestly nobody but god has helped me get through it (laughs) um up to this point and as well as the support of my peers and colleagues colleagues my family um and just holding on to my faith that knowing that god is still in control even when you know our human mind can't fathom what's going on um lots of prayer Uh, practicing what I'm teaching in my sessions, um, even throughout my own private practice, you know, taking and heeding to some of my own advice that I give clients from day to day as far as managing their stress levels. So 
all of that together has definitely been helpful and has caused me to maintain some balance throughout this whole pandemic. Uh, my family's well. And so, yes. Remind some of, remind our listeners and for those that are new, because we have we literally now have uh, Sharita, we went from a, from a few few dozen listeners and we now have actually a few thousand listeners, which is wow. incredible. It's incredible. The Lord has truly <laughs> blessed and we thank God for those. So we have a number of people that unless they went back and listened to episode 11, which we strongly encourage you to do so. We just want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I, my name is Sharita Childress and I uh, reside and was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, but my family roots are definitely from the Southern regions of the United States. My family migrated here to Las Vegas in the fifties when they were building all of the hotels and they planted here and stayed and were successful, but they came from places like Arkansas, Texas, and Mississippi. And so I have four generations of my family here living in Las Vegas. Um, and I know that's a rarity because it's a town that a lot of people uh, move to and then they leave. <laughs> it can be very transient and or they visit, right? You know, the City of Lights and one of the entertainment capitals of the world. So people, uh, we don't live in hotels or anything like that. We have communities, churches, banks, buildings and all of that and families. So um, that's me in a nutshell. You know, I have um, I come from a very large family. I'm the oldest of eight siblings. And uh, I really, truly am in my place and my calling, uh, being a, a therapist and a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I work with families and children, uh, couples, and I've been doing that for about 17 years now professionally. So I love what I do. And um, that's me in a nutshell. You know, I'm on Instagram and my hashtag is Vegas therapist. So that's a name that I coined for myself right. uh, just to kind of put Vegas out there and let you know that. We definitely are working in the mental health realm out here, making sure that people have, you know, the education and support uh, mentally and emotionally to to be well. All right. And again, she has motivational Mondays. She always inspires me with with her clips of motivational moments and <laughs> it's words of inspiration. So she does that on social media as well. So thank you for that. Let's let's dive right in. Let's dive right into what are you seeing that's out there? What's happening right now? We're what is this eight, nine months into this pandemic? Doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. Actually, numbers as of this recording, numbers are even higher than they were in May, which is incredible to think about. Yeah. It's higher than yeah. it was when we shut down. And so what are you seeing out there as far as some of the the, the, the residual effects, if you will, of on mental health or, or what's happening out there with what you do um, as a result of, of COVID-19? Well, Dr. Cobbs, I've seen a significant increase in mental health uh, disturbances. You know, I mean, from all spectrums, you know, mental health is health. So remember that just like physical health, you know, we have levels, you know, and severities, you know, you can have a cold or, you know, pneumonia, same with mental health, you know, you can have someone dealing with, you know, uh, the winter blues, or maybe some stress because they're having workplace stress and or, you know, full fledged depression that leads to suicide or things like that. And so I've seen an increase in every single area of mental health, um, all ages um, from, you know, children all the way to our elderly populations. Um, and rightfully so, like I said, the enormity of this pandemic is something that we've read about in history books, but we've never lived it 
in our lifetime, right? And so people don't know what to do mentally. It is very exhausting and overwhelming. And so uh, definitely virtual therapy has become the norm. Um, it was something I was doing before the pandemic, but I would honestly say like 10% of my business was virtual therapy or teletherapy um, on the virtual mediums with uh, people who were disabled or vets who, you know, just couldn't get to the office or people who lived in rural areas. But mm -hmm. now it's totally opposite. Uh, wow. Pretty much 90 to 100 percent is virtual therapy. People are logging on. People are still seeing some of their therapists in person and they're running to the therapy clinics to get some mental and emotional support to make sense of all the confusion and uncertainties and distress that they're dealing with mentally and emotionally. Wow. Wow. So to remember back in May, June time, it was still pretty fresh. People were still, you know, uh, uncertain about so many things. But if you could make a comparison to that time when you were here before and then now, do you think things have have gotten worse overall? Or do you see do you see any glimmer of hope um, in in the way things are progressing even right now? Well, um, I would say that, honestly, there there is certain glimmers of hope, but also um, uncertainties that keep people unstable. Um, and so it fluctuates. Honestly, I, I'll be honest, it definitely has been fluctuating. That's the presentations that I see. So earlier on, we were in shock. You know, we have uh, our defense mechanisms, which everyone knows, um, you know, fight or flight, right? But there's right. one, another one that isn't so common, and it's freeze. And so that's the state where we're like in shock and emotionally, a lot of people were there when at first the onset of the pandemic came because they didn't, they couldn't believe it. It was so surreal. It was like being inside of a sci-fi movie or something, you know, people were definitely in shock mentally and emotionally trying to figure out, is this real? Is this something we're really going through? And then um, as you know, some of these things became our norm, like connecting virtually and things like that, people begin to kind of settle in to, this is something that, you know, we have to do um, for our own safety and, you know, we'll do our social distancing. Um, but I wouldn't say that it was a total comfort. I mean, let's be honest here. We are social beings. We are connected in utero to our mother's umbilical cord, you know, so we are, you know, connectivity is something that we know from the beginning. And so when we are born, it doesn't have, it doesn't just disappear because we become adults. Right. We still need that socialization. It's a part of, um, the mental, emotional, and physical development, even with the brains with children, right? They need that socialization, right. um, even in early childhood. So, it, and it doesn't stop. And so for all of a sudden, for us to have to embrace this idea of social distancing, mm -hmm. when innately, you know, we need to connect socially <laughs> to thrive, right, right, right. you know, it, it, it's definitely not normal and it definitely causes distress. And so that's why I say, you know, I've seen a fluctuation of people kind of settling into what we call our new norms, but then also, you know, with day-to-day -day things changing and the uncertainties, you know, seeing different levels of distress and across the board, like I said, with all ages. So I really don't know that it's gotten worse, better or worse, but definitely there's a fluctuation um, amongst everyone, you know, because nobody knows really what's going on. We're just kind of yeah, taking it yeah. as we go. Has, has, has business significantly increased for you? Yes, it has. Um, and I would say significantly, especially like I noticed with, with everyone, with every particular population. Um, before with mental health, I worked a lot with families and adults. Now more so I'm seeing a lot of children and teens. Um, wow. 
kids tend to behave and act out behaviorally when they're stressed out. So a lot of more significant issues with kids who generally weren't disrespectful or didn't have, you know, like temperaments where they, uh, you know, had maladaptive behaviors with their parents. I'm getting a lot of calls like that saying like, I don't know what's going on. She's just in her room. She's withdrawing, you know, or my son is talking back to me now. And, you know, he, you know, he's very agitated and things like that. And those are signs of depression. Those are signs of anxiety that are manifesting. And the kids, they don't really know how to deal with those strong emotions. So definitely I'm getting a lot of calls from parents saying, help me. I don't know what's going on with my child, you know, they need some yeah. emotional support. Um, and then with the parents, because now they simultaneously have to work from home and navigate their students, you know, their, their kids, you know, they have to be the teacher right. and the parent and the worker all simultaneously. And it's stressful. So parents are overwhelmed. Teachers are overwhelmed. Um, ministers and churches, you know, they tend to be overwhelmed. I would have to say that one of the things, things that has really been helpful is people sticking together, you know, unifying and supporting each other. And I would say as much as we can continue to do that because we need each other to survive. Literally. I think there's a song that has, yeah. that has those lyrics, but I mean, it's not cliche at all right now uh, because everyone, I would say no one is exempt. This is a time and period in this lifetime where no one is exempt from the emotions and the, you know, mental and emotional distress everybody's dealing with it globally, right. you know? So right. that's, and I'm glad you pointed that out. I was going to mention, mention that as well. Cause I was having a conversation with a mom, with a mom the other day and, um, and she was expressing uh, the, what's, what's happening with her, with her child, that her child is acting out. And I, and I, and I just made a statement. I mean, obviously I don't have your expertise and your knowledge, but I was just like, we can't underestimate the impact of this COVID season this pandemic and all of this we can't underestimate the impact it's having on our young people and it's because sometimes it will think that young people are so resilient oh they'll bounce back they'll be fine they'll be and i'm like this is this is major that this impacted them almost more than us in some regard because yeah. of school and everything like that and so um so so when you you work with young people can you can you just elaborate on what what maybe some parent that's this? I know this is we're we're focusing on pastors, church leaders, but there's parents that are listening, and they're wondering what's going on with my kid. Is there some things that they should look for, or maybe some things that they really should be attentive to in uh, for their kids during this time? Yeah, I would just say be sensitive to their emotional need. Understand that behaviorally kids, I mean, it's no different than the four-year-old, you know, crying because they didn't get the treat they wanted, right? So it doesn't, that doesn't go away. The cry just looks different. It sounds different when it's coming from a 17-year-old, you know, they may not have a tantrum or cry or pout, but they may start withdrawing. Um, They start, they may start staying in their room more. Um, They may start um, becoming more irritable or agitated with things that usually would not bother them. So those are some small indicators that maybe they uh, could benefit fit from talking to you, you know, the parent and or, uh, you know, a therapist, you know, and uh, it's very helpful for them to be able to process their thoughts, make some sense of, you know, the strong emotions that they're dealing with and feel like they have some support, you know, so. That's good. You always drop nuggets. You drop it. You just drop the nugget. You're just so smooth with it. You just drop. <laughs> and so, so the tantrum <laughs> may look different with the, with the child that's older. That's that's pretty significant because that mom that I was talking to, the child was a little older and like, what is going on? Shouldn't this person, shouldn't this, shouldn't my kid 
and be able to handle this. And, and it's like, this thing is just, is impacting people differently. I want to talk about the length of time. I mean, again, nine months going into maybe even hitting a year um, with this thing going on. What, what impact does that have on a person or, or what do you think the impact would be on us if it goes so long, a year, even a year and a half, what impact could that have on us when we, when we're, we're, we're dealing with something that we can't control, we're dealing with something with, with that we're uncertain about. What do, you, what do you say to that as far as this length of time? And it doesn't seem like it's gonna end anytime soon. Um, well, I would say definitely you will see, uh, you said what impact. One of the things that I've noticed a lot is a lot of displaced anger inside of my therapy offices, as well as when I'm out, you know, and I have my therapy hat off, literally, <laughs> you know, and I'm at the grocery store. I'm seeing a lot of displaced anger and displaced anger looks like uh, in road rage. You know, I mean, that was something that we dealt with before, but now it's even exacerbated. You know, the pandemic has exacerbated some of these reactions. You know, it's not uncommon that you know, before initial at the initial stages, we would see videos and um, and we couldn't even believe it where people literally were, having, um, you know, behavioral reactions in the stores. I don't really really say meltdowns, but, you know, where they would um, go off on the teller or attack a teller or a cashier because they were being told that they have to wear a mask or, you know, they had limitations on what they can purchase, you know, uh, essentials, you know, such as toilet paper and uh, cleaning supplies and sanitizer and things like that. So all these limitations, you know, um, has increased people's anxiety, uh, their agitation, you know, so definitely the displaced anger, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it's definitely there, you know, People aren't used to having all these limitations. You have proximity limitations, so called social distancing, right? Stand right. here. Don't get right. too close to me. Right. Stand outside, you know, I mean, or limitations on connecting with our families, you know, um, our friends, our loved ones. I mean, even on a somber side, you know, like with funerals, you know, who would have ever thought that we'd had to get used to virtual funerals, right? right? I mean, right. so not being able to, to get to the basic human need of, touching someone on the shoulder or giving them a hug or saying, you know, my condolences or let me hold your hands and pray for you. Like all of that, um, you know, had to be halted um, because of social distancing and the, you know, uh, severity of COVID and, and the virus, you know, as far as how it can be passed, you know, and the, the severity of, you know, the contagion. And yeah. so people are very distressed by that. Um, and that's what I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a lot of people being impacted in a way where their distress is increased. They're going off on people that they usually wouldn't, even people who are generally mild mannered. You see times where they may, you know, be a little more agitated. And sometimes it doesn't look like they're outwardly displaying that emotion, but maybe inwardly where they go and they start internalizing those emotions. And then um, that will manifest like with sleep disturbances, um, eating, you know, and appetite changes. Maybe they're eating right. too much now all of a sudden because of the anxiety or not eating enough. I've heard people say like, I lost like, you know, 20 pounds because I'm just, you know, I can't stop worrying, you know, or, you know, headaches um, and mental exhaustion and fatigue yeah. from taking on so much trauma news, right? People are, they mean well and they want to stay informed, but then they start seeing so much trauma. And I called during this time, it was like the triple P's, you know, you had the stress and trauma from politics, you know, uh, the pandemic, and then all the protests that were going on yeah. um, where, you know, 
things that were happening within those protests, they were great, you know, for people getting their voices heard, but there were some other situations that were happening or that weren't very favorable to the people that was causing stress, you know, um, with riots and things like that inside of the protest. So across the board, everyone has definitely been significantly impacted and, you know, and they don't know how to handle it. You know, they, they're needing each other. And that's what I tell people more than ever, unify, go see your counselor, make sure you pray, hold on to your faith and connect to your support circle because you need it more than ever. This is not a time where isolation is going to be your friend. Right, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. you don't have to isolate for medical reasons, but I mean, just as far as reaching out and wanting to talk to someone, do that. Don't be afraid, reach out and talk to someone. That's good. That's good. Thank you. All right. Let me talk to the pastors. Let me talk to the pastors. So we have situations where some churches have fully opened back up. Um, they're holding services. I mean, of course, the church, as we say, the church never closed. I mean, the, God's church has been going, but uh, just virtually <laughs> in most regards. But some churches have opened back up with with holding services in person. Some have not. So one of the dilemmas that I'm noticing with pastors is that there is almost a guilt that is associated with both scenarios, a guilt for not opening back up because people are saying, well, we were lonely, we wanna to gather together. And so then the pastor feels guilty that he, he or she didn't open the church back up. Then you have the other side. Some pastors have opened back up. We have a, a, a church just here in San Antonio that just reported, they opened back up fully about a month ago. Now, now seven of their staff members have COVID. So now you have you have a situation where now the pastor is having to explain his staff has a has COVID. And so so yeah. you have these dynamics that are causing some guilt and some 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 feelings with pastors. Can you talk to our pastors that are listening that maybe on either side, you know, um, as far as that guilt that they may that they may be feeling at this time? Well, I would just say I, I want to speak to the hearts of the pastors and I'm in ministry in my church, you know, uh, and I used to be on the praise team and then I work a lot with women, you know, in ministry and things like that. And so I understand the, our need to gather. Uh, but, yeah, the church is not only inside of those four walls. And so a lot of the pastors are getting the pressure from members, you know, saying that I want to be connected. I want to go inside of the building and things like that. But um Use wisdom, you know, do what's best uh, for the health of your, your congregation. I mean, because the thing is, is that, you know, there's no guarantee that if we're gathered in large groups that, you know, people will not get COVID. I mean, and people can get COVID going to the grocery store or any other gathering, right? It's not just the church, but I would just say, you know, just pray, seek God, use wisdom more than ever with that guilt. This is where we have to cast our cares to God. You know, um, we, we really do because we can't handle it all, you know, I'm I mean, our minds mentally and emotionally cannot humanly possibly handle it all. This is where we definitely need God to inter interact and engage supernaturally on our behalf, you know, to make sure that you're navigating appropriately and in the best interest of, you know, your parishioners and you and your families, you know. Um, so that's what I would say. I definitely understand that there would be some guilt there, but the guilt doesn't serve us. Um, and, you know, we look at those basic, like I said, our basic connections, you know, touching and agreeing, praying and things like that. We can still do that, um, but pray, give it to God. Um, and the enemy will try to use these situations, you know, in any way to cast doubt and, and make people feel guilty and things like that. But 
you have to definitely seek God and, and follow God's lead on this. This is a time where uh, we're dealing with some type of contagion that we've never experienced right. before. God is still ultimately our healer, you know, and he is in control, but use wisdom, you know, definitely. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I think that it's so important for to hear that, to hear that I had um, a medical doctor, Dr. Kenneth Kemp was on our, was on our last episode and yes. um, we shared some things. He shared some things as well. Um, and how important it is for us to recognize that I mean, there's, there's no need to feel guilty. Do what, do what is no. best for your congregation, what the Lord is leading you to do. And there's no reason exactly. to feel guilty. And I, I think that even if, even if someone contracts it, as, as, as Sharita just mentioned, um, that could happen at the grocery store. That could happen anywhere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think that I think that we need to take leaders need to take that pressure off of themselves. Um, mm -hmm. very, very important to do that. Um, with, with, when, you, when you just answered that question, you, you, you integrated a, your, your belief, your faith into, into your answer. How often do you do that? That's kind of a side question. I mean, do you do that when you, um, when you see pay patients, clients, um, do you weave into that your faith? Well, um, you know, so here's the deal in, in my practice, um, I have to be neutral and open to people of all faiths. So yeah. I may have someone who's Christian. I may have someone who's uh, Jewish. I may have someone who's Catholic that are seeking, you know, mental uh, help, you know, mental and emotional help. No different than the same people going because they, um, you know, sprain their finger or something like that and they needed medical help. Right. And so I have to be very neutral and open to all different walks of life. You know, I have see a diverse level of clients, but I'll be honest with you before I go into my office, there are some days where I'm just, you know, prepared for the heaviness because I never know from day to day, especially with new clients, what I'm going to get. I never know whether I sit down and they just say, Oh, you know what? I'm just having a little stress at work and we can handle that or something very traumatic that I was not even prepared to, to deal with, you know? And so I go in, I close my door before I go into session. I'll listen to some music that's coming to my soul. I'll get on my knees and pray and, and, and you know, rely on God for his strength. And, um, and then I do advertise that I'm a Christian counselor on my profile. It does say that in one of the areas of specialty. And so if, a person comes in of faith who is looking for that, um, they will speak on it and they will say, I noticed you are a Christian counselor. Can you pray with me after this session? And I will pray with them, you know, um, and they will give scripture and, and tell me like, I don't understand this, you know, and I know I'm not supposed to be worried and I'm not supposed to be anxious about anything, but I am anxious, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, right? Like, so, you know, and, and we will go and, you know, dig a little deeper in those areas. And then, you know, God has definitely blessed me in the educational realm and just gifted me in this area to um, show them how medically, you know, scientifically and spiritually, the, all these things tie together. And so, um, definitely I, I, uh, activate my faith and my practice, especially when someone approaches me, but ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm relying on the Lord to help me, uh, help others. So good. And I, and I ask, and I ask that question. I ask that question, of course, because again, like I did with Dr. Kemp and when I interviewed him, it is to make sure that people understand that there is balance. There is balance. There's, you don't have because no, that stigma. We talked about that when you were here before. There's that stigma that's associated with. I don't go to counseling. We don't go to counseling. We don't do that. And it's like, no, you need to make sure that you are doing that. Uh, again, I encourage our listeners to go back and listen to to episode eleven as well. But um, Sharita, let's listen as we wrap up this this episode. 
share with us, share with us what, what's on your heart. What are some things that you want to share with us as, as the listeners that are enduring this uh, prolonged season of COVID and pandemic and quarantine? And even some places are even contemplating shutting back down. Um, even nationally, we may even shut back down. What if, what if that happens? What are some things, you know, that you want to share? I mean, what if we do? What if we have to go back into another shutdown, which is a high probability um, mm-hmm. the rate that things are going? Um, what are some things we can do to even prepare ourselves? Um, well, I would definitely say just, you know, stay informed. I tell people, make sure you create a balance with the news you're taking in because you can get, uh, you know, uh, trauma fatigue by taking in too much, you know, traumatic news. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you stay, you don't stay informed. So stay informed enough to make those informed decisions and safe de- decisions for you and your family. You know, um, make sure that you stay prayed up and hold on to your faith as much as possible. Um, make sure that socially, although you're socially distanced, that you stay connected um, with the other tools that we're blessed with utilizing, such as, you know, the digital mediums, um, FaceTiming, you know, Zoom, uh, all the virtual mediums that we have, um, making sure you're staying connected that way. Um, Make sure that you implement your self-care. Self-care is great care. It's a great part of your mental health regimen. And um, and then and don't, you know, um, feel like therapy is something that you need to be afraid of. Uh, Therapy is a good thing. It's a great part of our health care. And so I tell people I liken the therapy. I have two examples. I liken therapy to like when you go to the gym and you need a spotter, that therapist is the person that helps you lift those heavy things off of your chest. And, you know, so get it off your chest, talk to someone. And then also, um, you know, I look at it like a retreat. You know, it's a time to get away in a confidential setting, whether it's virtually or in person. Um, and just process some of those thoughts, you know, get some therapeutic support and really find some solutions to kind of navigate through the intricacies of some of the distress you're feeling. So those are all great ways that you can navigate through everything that's happening, you know, even now. So that's good. I, I hope those that's tips good. help. That's good. Yeah. One, one, one more thing that you just mentioned, you just triggered a thought that confidentiality. We have yeah. pastors on here. One of the reasons that we hesitate in going to see a therapist or going to, because number one, we don't want people to think that we, that we have problems. We, we, we're the problem solvers. We're the ones who have all the answers. So we don't, we don't like people to know that we don't know the answers, you know, behind the scenes, but then also we don't want people to know what's really going on in our, in those, in our head and our hearts. Yeah. Especially when it's something that's illicit, something that's, that's controversial, yeah, well, of course. To share that. Talk to talk to me about confidentiality. Talk talk to our listeners because I know that there's someone that's listening that's saying, "Yeah, I just don't want my business out there. I don't want people to know exactly. my business." Talk that's that. my business, right? <laughs> I get it. Okay, so confidentiality. I'll talk to you about that. So in in our field, it is definitely something to be taken seriously. Um, so when you go into that setting, it is confidential. They have to talk to you about that. It's covered under the HIPAA regulations which protects your personal medical health information. No different than when you go to the dentist. I don't know what your dentist does, whether you get braces or not, right? That's confidential. And the physical health of regular doctor, right? It's all covered under your personal medical information. And that includes therapy services. 
And it's so serious that our boards fine people up to like $10,000 and or prison time. So uh, therapists and people who work with you know better. They'll never disclose that information. They know that their whole purpose is to help their uh, uh, client or the person they're working with and families not to harm them. And so confidentiality is huge. And it's something that they train us in constantly in our educa continued education throughout our college career. Um, that's something that we always have to talk to our clients about each and every one. So it's something that's at the forefront of our field. Confidentiality is big. It's a safe setting. So understand that you know, it's not easy talking about those sensitive things and topics that may be on your mind, but it's definitely healthy. You know, therapy definitely works more effective if you can connect with the person you're working with. So you have to make sure that you have a good connection with your therapist. Yes. So sometimes yeah. you have to shop around and make sure they have the right background to connect to whatever your need is therapeutically. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, Last thing I want to say on that is for especially for pastors, uh, you know, the helper needs help, too. So it's OK. And we're all in together. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, 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 the, tr and the truth is, is sometimes we're a little hesitant. And this this is church unfiltered. So I'm just going to say it the way I say it. sometimes we're hesitant to go to someone and, and share information because we're not very good at keeping secrets. Mm. We're not very okay. good. So people come and share things with us and we tell it. Mm. And that's, and that's, and we'll, that's yeah. a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. I could spend an entire, it is. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but, and so sometimes it that's is. why we're hesitant to go to people is because we know, we know how easy it is to, to say something about someone in a conversation, in a casual conversation, we could reveal information about some. And so again, we'll deal with that in another episode, but I just wanna encourage encourage those who are listening, please make sure that you are heeding the words of, of, of Ms. Sharita Childress and, and go, go, the helper needs help as well. So make sure that you go and get the help that is needed. Sharita, I thank you so much for being with us once again. Um, I need an appointment. I need, I need about, I need about five. Can I get a, I can't get five appointments in one day. I just, I need a lot of time. One step at a time. <laughs> uh, but I'm so grateful to you. And uh, I've shared with you, Sharita is like my Dr. Phil, like to Oprah. Um, she's going to be back. She's going to come back. And we definitely want to make sure that we have opportunity to, to hear from her, to do a self, I mean, to do a check-in every now and then. We just need to do a check-in to see how we're doing. Um, any, anything you want to share with us as we close out, anything that you want to share with the pastors or listeners that are, that are tuned in on today, anything at all that you want to share? You're a woman of God. I know you have a word. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Uh, this too shall pass. And we're all in this together. So thank you so much for having me again on uh, Church Unfiltered. This is a great uh, platform and you're giving a lot of great information across the nation, across the world. So thank you so much for considering me and, and having me as a guest on your show. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you again. And thank you all for tuning in again to Church Unfiltered. If you have any questions, any information, if you have a question for Sharita um, that you want to ask, send that question to me at info at breakthroughonline.org. I'll get it to her and try to get an answer. Uh, 
um, if, if, if she's available to do that, I'll make sure that I get an answer for you. Again, that's mm -hmm. info at BreakthroughOnline.org. If you have a question for her, go back and listen as well to episode 11. That was way back in June. Uh, go back and listen to that episode yeah. as she also shared some information there that is valuable to us. All right. Well, we thank each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in again to Church Unfiltered. God bless you and God keep Thank you for listening to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cobbs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. For more resources related to today's topic, visit churchunfiltered.com or follow Dr. Anthony Cobbs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.